welcome to The Contractor's Daughter, your go-to podcast for eliminating random acts of strategy and marketing in your highway construction business. Hello, friends. I'm your host, Jeannie Rinkup. I'm a third-generation asphalt contractor and an absolute brand strategy and marketing geek. Welcome to The Contractor's Daughter. I'm your host, Jeannie Rinkab. Always super excited to be here with you, and we are starting another three-part series. If you didn't catch the last one, it's all about preparing for and nailing and mastering post-conference success. And we even have access to a workshop, if you hear this in time, that you can get access to. We'll have that link in the show notes if it's still relevant. And if not, you can get on a waiting list for the next time that we host that workshop. Really incredible moving into conference season or off season, all these conferences that I know are popping up on our calendars, which ones do we go to and how do we make sure we get the most ROI? But today we're talking about another thing that's going to be happening over the next several months for many of us. For a lot of us, our companies are making that final push. We're really trying to get as much done as we can. And then we're moving into, at least in terms of operations and actually delivering a slower season. Maybe we're more into maintenance. And it's also a really great time to think about what are the big picture things that my business needs me to think about. So what I want to talk to you today are the stall and die problem, right? You're either growing or you're stalling. And if you're stalling, you're actually dying. And this is going to be a three-part series, like I mentioned. But first, let's talk about this phenomenon and really understand it. So I'm going to share some research. We are always doing research at StoryBuilt because that's what we use to really inform the strategy that we're developing for our clients. We're researching them specifically, their partners, their customers. That's that early primary research. We're also doing secondary research constantly of the overarching market, of their specific market and geographically, by product, by service, all of those kinds of things. So we end up with a real wealth of knowledge and it helps us see a bigger picture and some trends in the industry. And for businesses, these are really important numbers to be thinking about. So studies show that 87% of businesses will experience a stall in growth. Somewhere in the 70% range are actually experiencing a stall most of the time, which is incredible. But what's really incredible about this, because we think of this as it's just a little blimp in my business, right? This year we weren't profitable, but we need to be careful because it's also easy to get really complacent. It's also easy to really think like, oh, I'm just comfortable here and this is where we're going to stay. Or in a few years, we'll focus more on growth again. But what happens is the more years or the longer that you stay in any kind of stall pattern or within that range of a stall you're actually getting close to failure. 10 years of being installed pretty much means you are out of business. That's what studies show when we look at the data from this. So it's really important to be thinking about how do I stay on some form of growth trajectory all the time? So because there's always new competitors coming in, there's always new trends. You have to stay on top of what are the real demands? How are your people consuming and learning about your goods? All of those things can push you into a stall, even though they feel like external factors. And you have to know how you're going to be responding to those things. So how do we respond to those things? Making a strategic growth plan should be a priority if you're wanting to prevent stall and therefore failure in your business. 
So here's some more of the research that we've come across. Companies that have just a simple, basic, initial written business plan actually grow 30% faster. That's not a living, dynamic, or disruptive strategic plan. That is just the initial written business plan. So just having that alone and really putting it out into your business makes an incredible difference. But let's talk about if you have a disruptive, living, and always evolving strategic plan. If you make having a strategy and implementing it effectively in your business based on research, market research, data, internal primary research from your customers, partners, and the people directly influencing your business, you are actually 93% more capable of evolving and pivoting. So companies that have a disruptive living strategy are 93% more likely to be able to pivot and disrupt, constantly always keeping them in a growth cycle. Here's another statistic, you know, that really talks to and leans into this stall phenomenon that we see. And it's 71% fast growing companies have a strategic plan. So those companies that we know are using a strategic plan and updating it on a regular basis, 71% of them are actually growing. And they're the fastest growing companies. So they're growing at a faster rate than companies that maybe aren't using a strategic plan and updating it on a regular basis or just aren't using one at all. Another dynamic that I think is really interesting and a stat that I found really interesting, especially because I'm getting a lot of requests to really apply the methods and the strategy of what we do to workforce problems, because that's the biggest cause of stall for a lot of businesses these days is how do we recruit and retain? And a lot of this strategy work, marketing work, sales work can actually be pivoted towards and pointed in that direction. So another reason that I think is absolutely phenomenal when you think about what is the value of using a strategic plan is that 95% of employees don't feel like they understand or are clear on a company strategy. And research tells us that employees want to know what is the strategy? What is the end goal? How do I contribute to that? So if 95% don't understand what that strategy is, that leads to people not being very excited about staying in their job, not being very motivated, but also if they're directly linked to that, they know how they impact it, performance can increase drastically. And if all of us wouldn't love to see the people on our team be able to perform better, but also enjoy that, talk more positively about our businesses, that alone is an incredible reason to really think about How do I have a strategic plan and avoid that stall? Being in a company that's stalled is also very negative for morale. Even if you kind of feel okay with that, long-term, it's definitely a morale buster for your employees. So let's talk about what a strategic plan can look like. How do you implement this? Well, we're going to talk more about the phases of this in the next episode because we can go into some nuanced details and actually talk about some of the techniques and the tactics that we deploy. But overarching, what you need to know is that when you start, if you haven't been doing this, you need to plan on putting some time and energy into creating your initial strategic plan. There's probably going to be more research that needs to be done up front. Whereas if once you're keeping this going and you're doing it on a quarterly or an annual basis, it won't be quite as much work. But in the first one, you're really going to have to capture a lot of information and there's going to be a lot of information to sift through. 
and you're really going to have to implement some filters to figure out what are the priority points, the things that if we focus some time and energy and resources on them, we can get the most ROI for where we're at right now. The great thing about this process, and it's a three-step process, it involves investigation, identification, and then implementation, is you can use this simple three-step process every single time in your business. And it gets easier and easier every single time. And some of that data is stuff that you can just build on and really just update as you're going along. You also, each time you do it, you build processes and systems and everything gets easier. By design, the system also involves your team. It's designed to incorporate your team members, to educate them about the strategy, to give them ownership of the pieces that they can really impact and drive success with. So we'll talk more about that investigation, identification, and implementation in the next episode. So make sure you stick around for that. So a couple more things to talk about in terms of the value of strategic plans. Beyond some of the stats that we know, there's some other things that people really come back to us and say, this is what I see in my business now that I've implemented this. First off, it creates a lot of more comfort when you have really critical partners. It can be your bank. It can be your equipment manufacturers. It can be suppliers that you're working deals with. All of those things, if they see that you have a strategic plan and you're letting them on on the pieces that are relevant to them, it gives them a lot of confidence in your performance and that you're going to be around a lot longer, which in our industry, that is so critical. For a lot of other industries, that's not nearly as relevant, but it's incredibly relevant that we have strong partnership relationships in our industry. Also, if you want to build a business that's going to be a legacy business, meaning you're going to pass it on to descendants or you're building it up to sell it, it's really important. They want to see that you have a strategic plan. You're giving your predecessor a gift of a strategic plan by making that an ongoing process and incorporating that into what you do on a regular basis. And then another one is brand awareness. Really creating brand awareness comes from understanding your market. When you're doing the research, one of the key things you're looking at is how are we perceived in the hearts and the minds of our customers, our partners, our competition even. And we really want to have a strong brand awareness. We want our business to come to mind very easily. Also, one of the things that we look for is competitive differentiation. Where can we really set ourselves apart and be unique where nobody else can touch us? And those are things that come up in strategic plans that are often a priority of those plans. It also increases credibility. It elevates the perceived value of our products and services and even the intangible things that come along with our products and services. One of the models that we're going to talk about during the investigation phase, one of my favorite ones, the clock model, we'll talk about it more in the next episode is really, really effective at helping us figure out how we can increase our perceived value to our customers and partners and even our employees in multiple different stages of the relationship. Always, always increasing that value so that those people actually become advocates for our brand. So another thing that it does is it improves marketing and sales. It helps them perform better together. A lot of us have sales departments that actually operate in a silo and we have marketing departments that operate in a silo. They're not even saying the same things. They don't even have the same goals or objectives. 
I have a lot of companies that even come to me that say, we have a really strong sales department. We're not sure how to make our marketing department even work for that. How do we integrate it? What tools do we deploy? You know, should we use this that we see this company doing or this over there? And it really depends so much on the research and the strategy that you're developed. But if you can get marketing and sales to work together, it's incredible the ROI that companies see. Another thing that I think I like to see is the improved recruitment and retention. A lot of companies think about their marketing or their strategy or how they want to create brand awareness. And the best, most valuable way for them to invest in that and put resources into it is to target it towards recruiting and retention. So a lot of our clients actually have a significant part of their strategy outward facing is actually towards recruitment and development. And that's a big part of their brain and what they're trying to build. Another thing which kind of alludes to getting everybody on the team involved is it can create operational clarity and performance. Even on your operation side, if they know what the strategy of the company is, they know that we want to do more of this product than this product. They know why we approach problems on a project with a certain type of mindset because that's part of the brand we're creating and part of the perceived value we're trying to create. If they know that, it makes that happen quicker, better, and more efficiently in your business. So really creating operational clarity and performance. Another thing that I love seeing a benefit of is crisis management. If you have a strategy in place, one of the models that we actually use, and we can pull it out really quickly if a crisis happens, you know, an accident on a job site, you know, failure of a major piece of equipment, um, COVID was an incredible example, is we can actually pull a model out called the crisis management model. And we can actually implement everything we've already developed in strategy and quickly come up with a sprint designed, modified, like sub strategy to apply to that situation. So that's been a really incredible thing that we always hope we don't have to pull out for a client, but it's another really great benefit of already having that in place. You can quickly handle a situation when it arises. So if you want to learn more about where your company's at right now, we actually have an assessment tool that you can go and you can kind of, it's not going to obviously do all the deep research, but it asks you some questions and it kind of gives you a first indicator as to where you probably are going to be focusing and identifying that really first target point. So we find that it's over 90% accurate in once we do strategy work to give you at least a high level overview of what department of your business do you probably need to be focusing on that might be causing that stall for you. If you go to storybuilt.marketing slash assessment, you can take that quick assessment and get yourself a really quick in just a few minutes, a first idea of where you might be seeing something that's really leading you towards a stall in your business that you need to be watching out for. Once again, that's storybuilt.marketing slash assessment. So check that out. Make sure that you are subscribed so that you get the next episode where we're going to dive into the actual process that you use for the initial strategy work, but also every single time you're doing that maintenance strategy piece and keeping that dated and also inviting your team to be engaged. 
We're gonna actually talk about some of the models we use and kind of get into the nitty gritty on that. So you're not gonna wanna miss that episode. So thanks again for checking out The Contractor's Daughter. We always love having you here. Make sure you're subscribed and leave a review. We would love to hear what you think. Of course, we know it's gonna be a five-star review and we can't wait to see you at the conferences this season. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Contractor's Daughter. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and review. But most of all, share this with all of your friends, partners, and customers in the highway construction business. And thank you for building the infrastructure that we all rely on. 